Another day, another major Philadelphia sports team loss. This is the darkest timeline at all times. Quakes, can we just get a break? Yes. Oh, fuck, sorry. I thought... <laughs> can't re-record that. I thought you were saying, like, can we do this over? Is what I thought you were saying. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why I took it that way. I thought you were That's saying, okay. like, Quigs, can I... Yeah. Honestly, I, I kind of find this funnier as a, a start if we just roll with this. I, okay, we could roll with this. I don't give a fuck. Let's Why roll. Not? Let's do a fucking live, yeah, baby. Because you know what? Eat Steve, Arby's because we... nothing matters. Whopper, 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 chicken, whopper. double bacon, whopper. Um, God, that's, are we now that's stuck Steve? in my head for the entirety of the show. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh man. Um, when are we going to get a break, though? Honestly. Well, you know what? All right. Let me say this. The Eagles won the Super Bowl five years ago. Like, was I sad that they lost the Super Bowl? Yeah, I was really sad. I was bummed. But, like, I'm also not completely fucking distraught. Like, I'm not distraught like a Buffalo Bills fan would be if they were the ones who lost the Super Bowl. And, like, going 0-5 in the Super Bowl. Like, we won, we won one five years ago. And it would have been nice to have this one too, but you know what? Like this season was super fun. Jalen hurts is that guy. He is like, he, even though we lost this game, he showed us what we needed to know. Like he's going to be back. The Eagles will be back in the Super Bowl. I wouldn't say that Jalen hurts lost this game by any means. Cause he, no, he did. He played about as amazing as somebody could play in a Super Bowl. Like a you can bring game. up the fumble. Yeah, you could bring up that fumble, but, like, he made up for it. Like, he, yeah, he fumbled the ball, and it led to a score. But, like, he brought the Eagles back into the game and, like, kind of refocused everybody. And, like, he played so incredibly well for a first-time player in the Super Bowl. Like, I remember when Cam Newton went to the Super Bowl that one year against the uh, Broncos. And everyone was so excited to see Super Bowl Cam, Super Cam in the Super Bowl. And he just laid an egg because he just, he wasn't ready. He I wasn't I ready. I don't think mentally he was even close. And, and that Jaylen Broncos Hurts defense was, was just a, a monster defense that year. Just the, yeah. those two factors were, you know, impossible for Cam to overcome. And as you're saying, like Jalen Hurts was a hundred percent ready. And if anything, him bouncing back from that fumble and showing that poise to, to play as good of a game as he did after committing such an egregious error shows me a lot about Jalen Hurts and how good of a quarterback he is. Like it's like the same thing when Bryce Harper got his moment in the NLCS and he fucking stepped up and he hit that incredible home run. You know, that showed us yeah. who Bryce Harper is and this game showed us exactly who Jalen Hurts is. If you had any any doubts and you shouldn't have any doubts at this point about him being the guy to lead this franchise moving on, get those out of your head because he's the guy. He is the fucking guy. Yes. Now, I do want to, like, say this, because I feel like part of the problem that a lot of people have is, like, a lot of people are going to go into next season, and if 
Jalen Hurts doesn't have another MVP caliber season, they're going to say he sucks. And they're going to say, oh, we need to, we need to get, I don't know, like, fucking Nate Sudfeld back. And it's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, there's, there will be a segment of the Eagles fan base that is just, they have two brain cells that are fighting each other constantly. A segment? And, as, yeah. I would because, argue half the Eagles fan base is like that. Okay, well, like, part of the Eagles fan base is if Jalen Hurts has, like, throws five fewer touchdown passes next year and five more interceptions next year, they're going to lose their goddamn minds. And it's just like, dude, I don't give a fuck. He's so good. To me, he's earned the next at least five years of being the Eagles starting quarterback. He absolutely has. Unless he, unless next year he's just a total train wreck. But I don't think that'll happen at all because he's so, like you mentioned, that poise he has, that focus he has. He's so dedicated to being great. And I think the Eagles found their guy. And it, God, I, I laugh at myself all the time at how stupid I was for booing that pick idiot no i booed it i thought it was i thought it was an insane pick i thought it was so stupid at the time and yeah i mean there is a chance he could turn into carson Wentz overnight but i don't think that's gonna happen i don't Uh, think he's that kind of guy he's different he's different for sure i mean and also if we're talking about eagles quarterback showing up for the big game i mean donovan mcnab and i defend him more than most but you know we all remember Donovan McNabb puking in the Super Bowl, right? Like, yeah, it, it is not a given that your franchise QB is going to step up in the moment and be the guy. But Jalen Hurts absolutely did that. And I, I do. That does soften the blow a little bit. But I got to admit, Quiggs, this hit me a lot harder than I thought it was going to. And it's because of how it ended. It's because we were robbed. Yeah. We And I say robbed, and I really mean it. We were robbed of an epic Jalen Hurts final drive, which no matter what would have happened, as long as Hurts got that chance to put that drive together, if he failed, if he came up short, whatever, as long as he got the chance to do something, I think I would have left like, okay, that was a great Super Bowl. But to end on just, and look, it was a hold, right? It was absolutely a hold, but it was a ticky tacky call. It's a call that shouldn't be made in the big spot. It It's a call that they barely ever make. Okay, and just yeah. that's the kind of that's the kind of hold that happens like thirty times a game. Yeah, and they call it like twice, and you're gonna call it then, like at that part of the game, you're gonna call it then, and it's like, are you you like it's insane that they called it at that point in the most important crucial part of the game. They changed the entire course of both of these franchises with that call. They absolutely did, and they robbed the everybody of having one of the most amazing Super Bowl endings of all time. Like, to this day, I think the best Super Bowl ending I have ever seen is the end of the Titans and Rams Super Bowl, where the Titans came up just, like, a yard short of winning the game. Oh, yeah. A phenomenal ending, and... Dyson. Yeah, Dyson, and it could have ended like that. It could have been a game like that. And and by the way, those Titans had two Philadelphia natives, Eddie George and Frank Wycheck, I think it was. Frank Wycheck. He was... Uh, I didn't know Eddie George was from Philly. Eddie George, yeah, dude. And, huh. Yeah. I had a, an Eddie George jersey, actually, for a little bit for some reason. I don't know why, but I did. But he was from Philly. Um, Gotta support the local guy. Yeah, I think it was Frank Wycheck who, he went to, he actually went to my high school. He was like the most famous alumni, at least at that time, of uh, Archbishop Ryan High School in the Northeast. So, um, yeah, oh, I wow. mean, 
you know, I remember that Titans team well, but I remember the ending of that Super Bowl. I can't tell you the ending of most Super Bowls, but I remember that one. And we could have had something like this in that game if the refs hadn't decided to make that call for whatever reason they did. But, you know, that just, it ended up hitting me harder because of that. And I've been really depressed for like two days because of this. And it's been a minute. Since, like the Phillies loss didn't affect me like that over with the Astros. And yeah. I'm not a big enough union fan for that game to have depressed me. If I was, that would be an all-time heartbreaker because they had that game locked up. They should not have right. lost that game. But I'm I'm not really, you know, I'm not going to claim to be a big union fan for that. I'm not. I, I enjoy them. I'll root for them. But it's not for me. And this didn't make the top five. This almost made the top five of my Philly sports heartbreaks, but it came close. And and Quiggs, I'm very curious to find out what a few of yours are after I go through mine. But just because like we have different sports watching experiences, we got almost a decade between us and you haven't been a Flyers fan as long. So you're definitely going to have way different choices than me. You're not a Phillies guy. Like I'm going to have some very different choices. So I'm very curious to see what yours are, but my five, and I, I went through this, and I'm pretty sure these are, like, this is definitely my five, but there are a couple close calls. Joe Carter is forever the OG in my sports drama. Joe Carter's home run over <laughs> the Phillies in 1993, okay? I was nine years old, and I could not have been more traumatized by this event. Just Mitch Williams throwing a meatball up, Joe Carter hitting probably the most famous walk-off in MLB history. I think a lot of people would argue that it's the most famous walk-off home run in MLB history. Forever seared into my brain. I can't see the Blue Jays. I can't hear Joe Carter without thinking of this traumatic moment. I mean, I'm not a baseball guy, so I don't even know what this moment is. Oh my God. Luckily. Luckily. I mean, (laughs) for me, this is like, because I love that 93 Phillies team. This was like my first sports love. This was the scrappiest team that Philadelphia's ever put out there. Like guts and mullets and just smoking ciggies in the dugout. Like these guys were big, dumb animals, but they were our big, dumb animals. Macho Row, my first true sports love. And don't ask me about what those guys are doing now. I don't want to talk about it. But... specifically Lenny Dykstra. Let's not talk about it. But I love that team at the time. And for it to end like that, just, oh, it killed me. And everybody else my age that's a Phillies fan, this is like one of the defining traumatic moments for them. Now for number two, this is kind of a tie here. And I've been going back and forth all day trying to think about what my true number two is here. Okay. Now, is it Patrick Kane? In the 2010 Stanley Cup final? Or is it Rondé Barber in the last game at the vet? Oh. Because they're both pretty traumatic. They're they're both pretty traumatic. I mean, Patrick Kane, that goal, again... Kane has to be above Rondé Barber, I think. I Dude, you don't know how traumatic Rondé Barber was at the time. I mean... But the Kane thing was really, I mean... The Kane one was insanely rough. Like, I almost broke my friend's chair in frustration over that. And it's the way it happened, Right. Much like like the Seagulls game. I think there's a good parallel there. It's just such a deflating moment where there should have been something exciting, right? Yeah. Like, if if you're going to lose, if Patrick Kane's going to beat you, at least let him score, like, some unbelievable highlight reel, like, snipe goal or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Claude Giroux, when he had an overtime winner in that series, that was an awesome goal. Yeah. 
But then, like, with Kane, it's just, like, no one even knew what happened. No. Except for him. No. And he just started skating around like a madman, and everyone's like, what just happened? And everyone was just confused. Like, no one even had time to be sad. Everyone was just confused. Right. And it's just an awful feeling. Your gut just drops. Yeah. And then it hits you. Like, instead of hitting you suddenly, it hits you slowly. slowly, And then it sinks in. And then it's, like, so much more painful when it's like that, I think. Uh Oh, yeah. At least with Rondé Barber, he like he had that pick six and it was over. Like you knew it, you know what I mean? Like it sucked, but it was it was done at that moment. Rondé Barber though was what was so awful about Rondé Barber was that team was in our minds the team of destiny, right? Like this was the Eagles team. It's the last year at the vet. This is the last game at the vet. How can this team that has been to the NFC Championship over and over like this is the time to go to the next level this is it and to end when they're in the red zone when they're on the precipice of winning this game with that pick six oh god it's just and for him to be in the fucking house for this super bowl fuck you nfl why would you do this to me get the fuck out of here it was bullshit oh Ah, I'm getting mad just thinking about it. And this is kind of the reaction I wanted. I wanted to feel something again. And just that was how the, the vet, one of the biggest dumps of all time, ends with a giant dump from the Eagles. It couldn't be more appropriate. I, God, I feel like the, the vet game what like the last is that what it's called is it called the vet game like the it's the ronde barber game really the ronde barber game yeah, yeah i mean we think of it as the last game at the vet but we think of it as the ronde barber jojo vicious game yeah fucking jojo vicious was what killed me he was fucking just like this random fucking guy penn state guy the word work oh was he penn state, penn state guy fucking traitor <laughs> fucking get the fuck out of here jojo vicious that that is I one of those it. names that i just cannot stand to hear like but ronde barber joe Vicious names i just can't stand to hear and i he just showed up randomly and had like huge plays huge plays just burnt the eagles defense which had been great that year and just everything shut down i just uh god damn it what a fucking year that was so that's that's definitely in the traumatic top five for sure so the the other two one of them i think everybody here is intimately familiar with and my feelings on it. And that would of course be the Scott Stevens hit on Eric Lindros. That is just, is still one of the most sickening moments of my entire sports watching life. I mean, I was in just the biggest Eric Lindros fan, the biggest and to watch him struggle with the concussions and come back in that series where the flyers were up and to fucking lose to their hated rivals the new jersey devils to get knocked out by one of the dirtiest war criminals of all time scott stevens noted war criminal and i'll never forgive him for everything to happen like that and for the flyers to then lose that game not go to the stanley cup final that i was confident they would have won that year and to see the devils win another cup and while the flyers still none in my lifetime and so my favorite player basically his flyers career died at that moment and the team was denied another good run at a cup. And it was just, you know, I know you weren't around for that moment, but man, uh, that's, 
I'm at a loss for words thinking about it because that was such a traumatic moment for me. So that's absolutely in the trauma top five. And then the other moment I put up here, and there's some that almost made the cut, but I decided to go with another Phillies moment, and that was Ryan Howard tearing his Achilles in 2011 against St. Louis Cardinals because that was the end of that great Phillies run. Because I have seen... The Phillies have been pathetic for most of my life. Okay, like 93. Phenomenal run. Phenomenal run. Uh, But then they were just absolutely horrible. Like, I had to see Scott Rowland basically complain his way out of town because the team was so bad around him. And then Kurt Schilling, who... You know, fuck Kurt Schilling now. But Kurt Schilling, when he was a Philly in the 90s, was one of the most rock-solid pitchers every year. He had 300 strikeouts a year. He made it seem routine. He was phenomenal back then. And he stuck with it as long as he could, but he still had to go to a winner eventually because that team was so bad. So when they hit that 07, 08, 9, 10, 11 run, that was really special for me because that was the only time the Phillies have really been a power to be reckoned with, a force to be reckoned with. And it was awesome. And for it to end with Ryan Howard, one of my favorite Phillies of all time, just watching that guy hit home runs was a joy. They're they're one of the most thrilling, you know, if I have like my thrilling sports things I'm talking about, watching Eric Lindros just play in his prime, absolutely up there. Watching Ryan Howard just destroy baseballs is a pleasure. He was just such a powerhouse. And to see this huge powerhouse, one of my favorite players, go down with this Achilles, not make it to first base, and that's how the run ends. Ugh! Ugh, gutting. Absolutely sucks to this day. Yeah, it's rough. Like, I'm trying to think of what players, like, like injury-wise have like destroyed like really heartbreaking moments for me. Um, and I can't really, I, I feel like I've been pretty lucky to not have experienced much of that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I, I started watching the flyers right after Chris Pronger got hurt. Um, like right. I never even saw him play. Oh, I Chris like Pronger that's awesome. how soon after it was like literally right after Chris Pronger got hurt is when I started watching the Flyers. Pronger was such an amazing player for that 2010 run. That was to this day. I think that stands out as Paul Holmgren's best acquisition and Paul Holmgren for all the shit we give him now, the guy had a really good beginning of his GM career. He made some great moves yeah. and I think that Pronger move was such a big bold swing that we're going to talk about this later, just like the lack of big, bold swings out of the Flyers these days and how, you know, it sucks. But that Pronger move was a big, bold swing that worked amazing. And when they hit the playoffs, that mean motherfucker, I wish he had his entire career as a Flyers, as a Flyer, because he yeah. he's basically an all-time Flyer for playing just a couple years for the franchise. If he had played for any period of time before that, he would be a Philadelphia he sports legend. He would absolutely have a yeah. statue because he's about as mean crafty as it got and physical. Oh, 
What an amazing defenseman. And the thing is, like, charismatic. Kinda, charismatic. I mean, when are the Flyers had somebody with Yager's the only other guy with that? And maybe Hartnell. Hartnell had a little bit of charisma. But, like, yeah, Hartnell's good. You know, I, I love Claude Giroux, but he's not exactly Mr. Charisma. You know, I'm going to give 110%. He's a real hockey player when it comes to that yeah, stuff. Yeah. But Pronger had that charisma. He would talk shit with the reporters. It was great. I always think of that Panache tweet where he said, like, uh, taking Pronger off the Flyers is like taking. Kong off of Skull Island or something like that. Taking King right, Kong yeah. off of Skull Island. <laughs> Such a bizarre yeah. tweet. Uh, I miss Panach on the beat too, but it makes sense though. Like I kind of get it. Yeah, you know, like I mean, stealing pucks. But... Like he was an asshole, and he was our asshole. Yeah, I no. fucking love Chris Pronger, and I, you know, I don't have a moment with Pro- like Pronger's involved in 2010, but like, there's not a definitive like. There's not a moment with Chris Pronger, like with Eric Lindros, where he goes down and that's it. And the thing about these Howard right. and Lindros injuries, why they make the list, is they're in key playoff games. They are in elimination games. So that's really what exacerbates it. You know, like Howard, it was the end of the game. That was the last play was Ryan Howard tearing his fucking Achilles. It's just horrible. Eric Lindros, it wasn't the last play, but the game was over once that happened. Scott Stevens ended the game when he concussed Lindros in that game. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, so I'm just going to go through some of the other moments real quick. So for, for me, it, yeah. it, while I do this, if you think about, I don't know if you've had, like, I'm not necessarily think, looking for injuries from you. I'm, I'm necessarily looking for like heartbreaking yeah, moments, yeah. like moments where your Philadelphia sports has stomped all over your heart and lit it on fire. Those kind of moments. So this year's Super Bowl, I, this just misses the, the cut for me because this was really more awful than I anticipated it being. And I know we just won a few years ago and that was amazing, but this was bad. This, I didn't feel good about this. Now, actually, I think this year's Super Bowl has to go underneath Flyers Lightning 04 though. Flyers Lightning 04 was a very gutting loss. That was just, man, you want to talk about the end of an era right there. That ended a Flyers era. That was a, a young Lightning team. They just barely got over the Flyers in that seven-game series. Such thrilling games in that series. The primo... Torts. Yeah, fucking torts. Torts. I've hated torts. I hated torts until recently for that series because I... That was that was another year, much like 2000 with Lindros, that felt like, this is it. This is our year. We're the team of destiny. We have to do this. And got denied again so you know fuck you torts fuck you rusty fedotenko god damn it Ugh, ugh. <laughs> flyers lightning 04 was killer because that team scrapped their way to seven games you want to talk about a flyers team with heart hustle grit all that shit they had it all okay that was a team that almost got over the hump and didn't quite get there that was definitely a gutting team now the highest sixers moment on my list probably the Kawhi leonard shot but you know what like I really like the Sixers and I'm a decent Sixers fan, but I'm not like, I don't, I've never quite had the Sixers on the same level as the other three teams, the Phillies, Eagles, and Flyers. So for me, that Kawhi shot That's me with the Phillies. Okay. That's me with the Phillies. Like to me, it's Eagles and Flyers, number one, Sixers, number two, and then Phillies, number like a million and five. Gotcha. (laughs) I just don't give a fuck about baseball. I see. I, I grew up on it. Like I grew up going to the vet with my dad and it's... It's one of my, like, just old school passions right there. But, you know, the Sixers yeah. have... So that, so how do you feel about the Kawhi shot then? Because uh, the Kawhi that, shot, like, I, Watching that sucked. live, I, I was stunned. I was sitting there just... 
I, I couldn't even move or talk. I was just watching it by myself. And um, I just, I can't remember where I was living at the time. I think I was living in Las Vegas. And so I was just like watching it and oh my God, it was absolutely brutal. Just, it was so hard to watch. And they kept showing the replay and they kept showing Joel Embiid crying. And I wanted to fucking rip my eyes out. And it was just, uh, weirdly enough, in like in retrospect, when, if I see like highlights of that shot, I don't, I'm not like, it doesn't make me sad anymore or angry anymore. Now I'm just like, good God, what a shot. Like, I can't believe, like, it's I one of the best the moments in NBA history. Yeah. I, it's I, weird. I kind of feel the same way about that shot, too. But if I was, I think if I was a slightly bigger Sixers fan, I would probably be a little bit more oh, yeah, about that. Like, like, the yeah. Joe Carter home run. If you showed me a clip of the Joe Carter home run right now, I might spit on you in rage because that right. pisses me off so much. Rondé Barber, Patrick. Every time Patrick Kane, that goal comes on TV, I like look away. I can't even look at it to this day because it's just such a sickening moment for me. Absolutely hate it. Yeah, no, that it's like that for me. There's, I have a, there's a ton of Eagles highlights that I can't watch again because it just killed me i can't watch anything from this the super bowl I, I right now i cannot i can't even think about it yeah it's, right now it's too fresh yeah it hurts <laughs> but like at some point i'm gonna look back and i'm gonna like um every once in a while i'll go on youtube and i'll watch like a philadelphia sports power hour thing like yeah one day someone's gonna make an updated version and I like i'm gonna want jalen hurts scoring that touchdown and then getting the two-point conversion in there to tie the game because when he tied the game i was like holy fuck we might we might do this you know what i mean i felt some hope for sure i i really was feeling hopeful when he did that i mean and that aj brown touchdown was fucking awesome that was yeah aj brown yeah. can talk all the shit he wants on juju smith schuster because he stepped the fuck yeah, we, up all right we and made talk a man's fuck catch juju. fuck juju fuck juju dude he fucking like what what he comes out of the woodwork? Did he pause his video game to get on Twitter and start talking shit? Like, dude, you won the Super Bowl. No one even started talking shit. No one was talking shit about the Chiefs. Like, no. all the Eagles players after the loss, they were very, they were so cordial. They were like, "Yeah, like we're not going to blame the refs. It was a hold. Like that's you know, a lot of things happened throughout the game. We're not going to blame the field because both teams had to play on it. Like they didn't make a single excuse. Unlike the fucking Forty ers players. Oh my god, the Forty ers haven't stopped whining. I've never ever seen a team whine like they have yeah but like it would it would be one thing if like eagles players are being shitty and like being sore losers then i would like get juju posting something like that but like no one did anything he just started shit and i'm like i fucking hate people like that so juju if you're listening you're not but if you are (laughs) but if you are Fuck you, dude. Like, what the fuck is that all about? Seriously. He shares his name with a shitty candy. I mean, what can he really talk shit on? I mean, like, well, AJ Brown's shit talking was so good because he's right. Like, this is a guy who TikTok boy was fucking hilarious. What a dunk. (laughs) And on top of that, like, he's right. Like, this guy isn't like he barely had an NFL career anymore coming into this season. You know, he was not that big of a contributor on the Chiefs. So fuck him. You know, if Mahomes wants to talk shit. Travis Kelsey, he talked a little bit of shit. You know, like, those guys want to talk shit. Guess what? They stomped all over the Eagles. So, yeah, they can talk all the shit they want. But fuck you, Juju Smith-Schuster. You can't say shit. He rode the he rode the coattails of Steelers um, 
Antonio Brown back when Antonio Brown was like good. Right. He like rode his coattails. And then um, when, as soon as AB left the Steelers, it was like the Juju show, but the Juju show was like a shitty, like it was a shit show, like Fox TV show, (laughs) a CBS pilot. Like like a CBS or Fox like sitcom pilot. It was a terrible show. Like <laughs> Juju, get the fuck out of fuck here. Fuck you, dude. Juju. Get out of here. Get out of here. Oh everyone God. else on the and the funniest thing is like everyone is angry at him. Like even some of his even former Chiefs players are like, yo, this isn't it, dude. Like, yeah. Oh well he got dunked on and nobody wanted to, you know, back him up, which is honestly funnier than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like CJ Gardner Johnson's just like just Tearing him apart all over social and everybody's yeah. just like, yeah, you know, he deserves it. <laughs> we face them in, uh, I would imagine it'll be the season opener. I would think. You would think. Chiefs, Eagles in Kansas City. I would imagine that would be the home opener. But the NFL is also really dumb. It is Because I think they had the option to do that like recently and they didn't. So I don't know. Yeah. Let me run through a few more of these real quick. These uh, heartbreakers here. So like the Iverson 01 team doesn't really have... A defining moment of heartbreak right there. So they didn't really make the cut there. You know, great effort, but they were overmatched in that series. Thing, same thing with the Flyers in 97, right? Like, the Flyers just got fucking swept by the Red Wings. They just got destroyed. You know, there's not a definitive moment of of trauma for me there. So that is what it is. Eagles-Patriots 05, I mean, it stunk, but... I had low expectations coming into the game because of the Terrell Owens injury and, you know, like they just cheated their way better. What? I didn't say that out loud. Well, no, it's all, it's kind of known at this point that they cheated, but, you know, fuck yeah. the Patriots. Eagles Cardinals 09 is yes, interesting. Yes, I was about to say that. Yes. I was about, that was one of mine. Yeah. That was bad because that was one that the Eagles clawed their way back into that game. And this was the last ride of Donovan McNabb, like the last significant ride of Donovan McNabb with the Eagles. And you thought they had it. And of course the gut punch came. This was the last ride of, for McNabb. This is the last ride for um, Dawkins. Well, no, it, actually it wasn't the last ride for McNabb because McNabb stayed until 2009 and so did West. Right. But his last, but like his last, like season. real ride, because like McNabb had the stupid, like air guitar game against the Cowboys. The yeah, less yeah. said about that, the better. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean that this was a horrible, just in like the worst part about it was like, I didn't even, I couldn't even hate Larry Fitzgerald. I just like, I, I remember wanting Larry Fitzgerald on the Eagles so bad. And I remember there was like a rumor that apparently they almost traded for Larry Fitzgerald. Oh my God. That would have been great. Cause Larry Fitzgerald had about 20 catches a game against the Eagles. Yeah. He owned the Eagles every single time. And like, God, dude, that team, I was miserable after that game. I thought, I thought that was going to be it. I thought the Eagles were going to, yeah, I don't know. I thought they were going to pull it off that year. I thought so, too. That was a tough one. That was a tough one for sure. Uh, I've also got Phillies, Yankees 09. Again, there's not really a defining moment to make you sick. It was just, like, kind of shitty how that series ended. And fuck you, Hideki Matsui, for showing up and having the series of your life. God fucking damn it. And fuck A-Rod and his stupid camera home run. That that was not a home run. The camera was sticking over the fence. You can't call that a home run. Get that. Get out of here with that garbage. Go on. Nobody wants you. Eagles-Panthers 04, awful, awful championship game. But again, there's not a defining moment. I mean, McNabb got hurt. Westbrook was hurt. You know, like, 
It was just a shitty, shitty game. One of the worst Eagles playoff games I've ever watched, and that includes the Buccaneers game from last year, which was awful. Yeah, that sucked. Yeah. Yeah, that was a terrible That was a bad one. And then the other one I wanted to mention was a little bit before my time, but I think maybe the best parallel to this Eagles game here, and that would be the 1980 Flyers-Islander-Stanley Cup Final, where that was a powerhouse Flyers team. I mean, that team had set the un defeated streak in the NHL or the, uh, the point streak, right? Like they were just an awesome team and it ended on that blown off sides call with the Islanders. And like, my dad's always been bitter about this one. You know, I, I didn't watch it live. I've seen the highlights, but I would have to imagine just due to the, the uh, officiating kind of taking, you know, the game out of the player's hands to a degree that, that has the same level of bitterness that this year's Super Bowl might cause. Especially, you know, you have also the parallel of the Flyers were five years removed from a championship. Right, yeah. Yeah, I wish... Uh, I Honestly, I don't have a single moment of the Flyers that are heartbreaking because they haven't been in any big game since I became a fucking fan ten years ago. The closest you might have would be like... Sean Couturier scoring a hat trick and tearing every muscle in his leg while the team just shits the bed in game six against the Penguins. Yeah. I didn't even, that was even before. That was like what right do you mean? before I came. It was like, that was like a few years ago. That was the Valtteri Filpula. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you around yeah, for Ophilpula? Closest... Do you know Ophilpula? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I started watching in 20, the the lockout shortened. Year. But do you know the Ophilpula reference? Do you know what I'm talking about? Ophilpula, no. Oh, bud, that's a fly perfectly classic right there. Oh, oh baby. So, okay. So, during that Flyers-Penguins series, okay, we're talking about just like the shittiness of the Flyers roster and everything. And I went on record saying, if the Flyers come back in this series... And Valtteri Filpula is a key reason why I will buy an Irish Ophilpula jersey. Okay, those oh those God. ugly Irish Flyers jerseys. And it says Ophilpula. I said I would buy one. And then Filpula went out and I think in game five had a killer game. Just crushed it. His best game as a Flyer easily. And everybody came out of the woodwork and said, Hey, bud, looking like you might have to buy that Ophilpula jersey. Did you buy one? No, they didn't win the series. I didn't have to buy that shit. Oh, oh, I thought. Okay, I thought you were. No, no, I was saying if they won the series, like I, I wasn't. You know, (laughs) if that. Believe me, there was a moment in Game Six where I was like, I was sweating it. You were like, yeah, I was sweating. I wasn't making that much money at the time (laughs) either. So if I had to put on my credit card an Ophilpula jersey, man, that would have took some explaining. Not great, Bob. Not great. But they lost the series because they fucking sucked, and that's what we expected to happen. I should just, for for shits and gigs, I should just get the Ophilpula jersey one of these days. I guess another heartbreak for the Flyers, for me, would be... I mean, I knew they were going to get their asses destroyed against the Caps in that playoff series. Um, But, like, for me, it was, like, the, the Steve Mason, like, goal... Where he let in the goal, like from all the way down the, from like the two hundred foot goal. <laughs> oh, Mace! That I was like, when that happened, I was like, oh, all right, it's gonna be this kind of season or series, and that's exactly what it was. Like they got creamed. So, one thing I want to bring up, and I mean, at this point, 
I think you named all of the ones I was going to name. So I think I'm going to bring up the, and this might sound weird because it's not the Eagles, but I used to be a huge Russell Wilson fan when he was on the Seahawks. Oh, wow. Like huge. Before he got fucking weird and really cringe. <laughs> um, and I remember that Patriots Super Bowl between Pats and Seahawks, when he threw that interception at the goal line, I was crushed because like I always liked him I loved the way he played he reminded me so much of McNabb who was always my favorite player at the time um and like I was hoping he was gonna win his second Super Bowl and then he just gets he gets intercepted and I I just couldn't believe the call to not run it with Marshawn. oh I know and Marshawn was money at the time just money yeah and even if they even if they ran it, they still had a timeout. Like, what are you doing? I don't know what that was all about. That was crazy. But, yeah, just just a wild play call, and I was just crushed. But now I think – now when I see that replay, it's funny because it turns out Russell Wilson's kind of a piece of shit because apparently they're just taking money that people gave them for charity. Just scamming people when he's not doing squats in the – or, like, what is it, like high kicks in the, the aisle of the plane? As if he and Sierra need money. Right. Are you fucking He has an me? insane contract for what, like four or five more years? And was just yeah, the Broncos are one of the worst quarterbacks in the league this year. They better hope Sean Payton can get his ass in check. Yeah, I hope not. I always hated Sean Payton too. Uh, yeah. Never. I don't like I don't, now I don't like either one I've of them. I've never liked so. Sean Payton. Well well, I never did either, but like now with like now, I don't like both. Like now, I don't like Russell Wilson either. So it's like I think my Sean Payton hate goes back to what was it oh seven for the Jeff Garcia? He's our baby year. Deuce McAllister. Deuce McAllister. Deuce oh McAllister my god, I forgot about fucking Deuce years. McAllister. Jeff yeah. Garcia. He he's our baby. Us. He's our baby. Jeff Garcia. What an amazing video! I wish that that's it. That was a crushing one for me. Too. That was I was really heartbroken by you that. You know one. what sucked about that game was it started off so good. It started off with that Sheldon Brown hit on Sheldon Reggie Brown Bush, crushed Reggie which Bush. is rookie Reggie Bush. That might be that's up that's up there for Eagles playoff moments for me. Like that's one of the best Eagles hits of all oh, time. Yeah. I think in fact, yeah, that might be like one of the best football hits. ever. I think it's like a top three Eagles hit for sure because that one. I've got Dawkins on Algie Crumpler in the NFC Championship game against the Falcons, where he just caved in his chest. See, I think Sheldon Brown crushes that hit. Oh, but Sheldon Brown's hit is way uh, better than uh, the, the Dawkins. Listen, Youngin, that hit was such a defining moment in that game where the Eagles finally got over the hump. I will never, ever forget that hit. And then the number one has to be concrete Charlie Chuck Bednarik taking out yeah. Frank Gifford. What an iconic yeah. photo. What I think you know for for each sport you kind of have like an iconic photo, right? Like with the Flyers you think of like uh the Bernie Perrant Time magazine cover, right? What a great great photo. That's like I think that's it that might be the iconic Flyers photo. Or no no, the iconic Flyers photo. Bobby Clark toothless grin. Easy. Done right there. But like Oh, yeah. With the Eagles, the iconic photo is Chuck Bednarik crushing Frank Gifford. Just, oh, amazing, amazing photo. I still vote Reggie Bush. Or uh, Sheldon Brown. Sheldon Brown's number three. I go Concrete Charlie. I go Doc. I go. 
The Dawkins hit had like more important. Nah, dude, the like, Dawkins hit was good. But if you're get out of here. But if you're oh, it was great. It was a great hit. But if you look at if you're just judging by the hit alone and you forget everything else, Sheldon Brown literally almost cut Reggie Bush in half with his shoulder. Listen, I know it was a great like, hit. What the? Fuck? I know it was a great hit, but I'm I'm ranking a number of factors here. Okay. A number of factors. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm just going by the hit. I'm not ranking any other factors other than the hit. Fair itself. enough. Fair enough on that one. Okay, so w- what's your top five? Okay, I need your top... Or give me a top three. That would be fine. Heartbreaking yes. moments? You took them all. So no, I no, can't. no. I want yours. No, I want yours and I want your order. Because oh, much like five. we're talking with the hits, we have different experiences. We have different thoughts and feelings on this. Like, what? what's your... Wh- how do you rank them? Um, let's see. I will say, I gotta say the uh, the Eagles Cardinals NFC Championship game crushed eighth grade Ryan. Like I was so sad. You have no idea. That's the thing. It all depends on your age too, which is why I was interested yeah. to see where you were coming from. Or no, you know what? That was I think that was my yeah that was my freshman year of high school actually. That crushed me to smithereens. It was so bad. So that. Um, Weirdly enough, that same season when the Eagles got killed by the Ravens and they benched McNabb, I have never been so pissed and sad ever because he was my favorite player at the time. And they put in fucking Kevin Kevin Cobb over him. And all these idiots in South Philly were like, yeah, it's Cobb season. And I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? He sucks ass like are you actually suggesting that he's better than oh that that Cobb debate drove me nuts because i think that was the worst most insane debate ever because most people could see that Cobb just wasn't the guy you know like they suck they really lucked out in that when they did finally ditch mcnab and they tried to go with Cobb, but Vic ended up being such a, a dynamo back there which you know they only signed Vic because mcnab told them to bring him in in the first place yeah yeah, but yeah, I'll actually go with those two. Um, let's okay, see. so your Cardinals uh, 09. Cardinals is my number one. And then you've got McNabb benching. This, this Eagles game, this Eagles game is still like the Super Bowl. It's still fresh. Um, yeah, I would like to go back in a year and take a look at this. And so yeah. I guess if we're going to, I you just reminded me then if we're talking about it, you mentioned the McNabb benching. Uh, that reminds me of one other super traumatizing moment that's definitely in my top 10 for the Flyers, and that would be when they stripped Eric Lindros of the captaincy and then gave it, to, oh, gave yeah. it to Eric Desjardins and fucking had it filmed of them putting the C on Desjardins' jersey. Like, that's insane. That's so That they up. would strip one of your franchise players of the captaincy and then publicly, you know, f- just put it out there that they're putting they're awarding a new captain like insanity why is the flyers entire history just fucked up <laughs> it's so fucked forever up cursed decade we, we are cursed yeah. by the broad street bullies i'm telling you too much success too early from just destroying the league physically and we paid for it ever since paid yeah. for our hubris no, i agree i need bob clark to just retire retire bitch <laughs> He could probably still beat you up, Quiggs. I'm not going to lie. I don't give a fuck. I'll break his 80-year-old And he is a spry motherfucker. I think he's going to break your jaw, too. He's spry, but that bitch is brittle. I'll take him out. My God. I don't give a fuck. 
I'll, I'll use a weapon on him. I don't even care. Get out of here. Don't use a weapon on Clark. He, he, well, he would use a weapon on you. He'd use a hockey stick. Yeah, I was about to say. He, he he's, in fact, noted for trying to cripple guys with hockey sticks. Yeah. I'll knock out, his, I'll knock out more of his teeth. Those fake white, those fake pearly whites ain't fooling oh, me. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm just Blood feud Bob coming Clark. up here. Uh, Bobby, Bobby Clark is an all-timer, but, like, dude, seriously, go the fuck away. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We love you, but like, go away. Just saying. It's like when you're playing video games and like your annoying sibling comes in, like, "Can I play?" It's like, "No, go, <laughs> go away. away. Leave me alone." I love you, but fuck off. I know dude. that feeling Seriously. all too well. Sorry, Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I guess uh, honestly, the number one thing that comes to, and also the Sixers, the Kawhi Leonard show. Okay. Has to be up there too. So I guess the top three for me would be Eagles, Cardinals, Eagles, Chiefs, Kawhi. This is fascinating to me that the Flyers have not been good enough in your time of watching and covering the Flyers to have a moment. They haven't done anything. Like my my top ten is just riddled with miserable Flyers moments, and you got nothing in your top like five. That's that's phenomenal. That is just yeah stunning. Since I started, since I started watching them in the forty eight game season for the lockout. They've been middling the entire time. And when they did go to the playoffs, they were clearly going to lose. So I was like prepared, you know, like, it's not like I was like, oh, they're going to win. And then they like, it's, there's like a come from behind miracle thing or some shit like that. Like that has never happened. They just have always been slightly above average. And there's nothing to be sad about because you knew that they sucked. I mean, the closest thing would be the Islanders series, but they got fucking destroyed in game seven. Oh, they so like, were pathetic. That's that. not even heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, it was just like, oh, yeah, typical Flyers. Typical Flyers. Think. Flyers going to flyer. I feel so bad for Giroux. Like, thinking of... Like, Maybe that's like, your heartbreak is cl- just Claude Giroux's career. Honestly, that's another heartbreaking thing is just, like, him being traded. Like, because... And I know that's not, like, a game... But it is a moment in Flyers history. When I'll he got it. traded that day, that fucked me up. I feel like you have to have a, a Flyers moment in your top five Philly sports heartbreaks. Like, as a big-time Flyers fan, I feel like you have to. And I 100% will allow you to have Claude Giroux being traded. Yeah. No, yeah, that's in there. But, like, when you compare the Flyers over the last 10, 15 years to the Eagles over the last 10, 15 years, the Eagles have actually done shit recently. The Eagles have reworked their shit and they have a consistent effort every couple years at really swinging for the fences. And yeah, I can't remember the last time the Flyers swung for the fences. I mean, if we're let's get right into it because the Rangers just swung for the fences and they traded for Vladimir Tarasenko. And this was such a no brainer trade for the Rangers. Like they traded some assets. Don't get me wrong, but like, I don't really think they gave up anything too crazy. And this is a player that's really going to bolster the shit out of their offense. And like, I'm jealous of this move by the Rangers. I think this is a great move for the Rangers. Their top six is so good now. It really is. I hate how good it is, but I'm also so dead inside towards the flyers that it doesn't bother me. So I'm kind of just like, you know what? Oh, I know. Yeah. Like I, I just admire the move now. Like this would have made me miserable like one to two years ago. And now I'm just like, wow, good on you guys. 
if there was ever a time for the for the Rangers to be good, now's the time because I just don't fucking care. <laughs> you know, like I'm not going to be like in years past I would watch just random hockey games all the time. And of course, whenever the Rangers were on, I would like hope that they would lose. And I still hope they lose every game, but like they like now I just don't care because I'm not I'm so the Flyers have just like uh destroyed my soul for hockey so much over the last couple of years that like, I just, I'm just generally disinterested. I hear that dude. I'm a hundred percent there with you. And like the I, only reason I'm watching flyers games is cause like I'm a writer and it's my job to do it. I get paid to write about the flyers. Oh, if so. I wasn't doing this podcast, I wouldn't be watching the games at all. I don't give a shit yeah. about this team. Yeah. It's, it's just, I don't know. It just sucks, but it does. No, suck. You're right. Like, the Rangers are about to be stupidly good, I think. Yeah. Well, it's good. It's it's interesting for the Metro, too. So the Rangers are currently five points in back of the Devils, who continue to be hot. I mean, the Devils are sitting at 35, 13, and 5. They're only three points back of the Carolina Hurricanes, making me very nervous for my Metropolitan Division bet. I did not anticipate this division to be this close. And in New Jersey, yeah, I'll give you props on that one. You you told me out at the bar the other day about <laughs> calling it. New Jersey's been better than expected. So they really have put it together, despite not really having like great goal heading either. So props on them. And yeah, it's weird. It's a tight division right now. I mean, the Rangers are eight points back of the Hurricanes, five points back of the Devils. But this, I mean, I don't know how much it really matters because they'll probably just end up... The Rangers and Devils will probably end up just playing each other. Because uh, I think the Hurricanes are still strong enough, especially if they make another trade, which they're rumored to be in the mix for guys like even Patrick Kane right now. And if they can make another move to get even higher up and they're such a solid team already, I think they're going to end up with the division, but it's tighter than you'd expect. I would love to see a Rangers devils playoff series again. That'd be fun. It would be a real nineties affair right there. And I'm into it. The devils. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I gotta say, like you mentioned the devils, like, goaltending Vitek Vanacek's been pretty good he has been and you know who hasn't been that good the guy that was supposed to be way better than Carter Hart Mackenzie Blackwood would you believe that I for one am stunned stunned let me tell you I can't believe that you know just uh, just a real shocker right there and real shame let me tell you a real damn shame but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a real tight division, but this is a great move by New York to swing for the fences and really try to go at it this year because they they have it this year and I don't know what their cap situation is like moving forward, but I I know they got the guys now and you really got to strike while you can in this league and you have guys under cost controlled contracts. I mean, I'm pulling up right now their cap friendly page to see where the old rags are at the new york rags am i right folks and yeah i mean they've got i mean they've got pretty good cap control they got a couple rfas coming up like heedle's coming up and yeah and I he's mean, gonna want a big fox has a nice big contract a lot of their defense Andre miller's coming up uh you know they've got some contracts going to rfa right now so if you can get in there while these guys are cost controlled and really make a run at it fucking go for it yeah no i mean 
it's going to be – this is – what the Rangers are doing right now, it kind of feels a little bit like what the Eagles did this offseason where they're just like, all right, we got our core pieces. Now let's fucking just bolster up. Let's get some big fish, swing for the fences, and just go for it. And it worked out for the Eagles. They didn't win in the Super Bowl, but they got there. Um, and the Rangers, like, who knows? Maybe this will be the year that they go to the Stanley Cup final, although that would be so funny if they didn't. Oh, it would be hilarious if they didn't. That would be really and funny. I- I'm all for that as well, please. I would, yeah, no, I'm all for it. I think, um, I think the Rangers, as good as they are right now, I still don't think they're Tampa. No, I still don't think they're. They're certainly as good not Boston. As no, Boston will kill them. Boston is like I don't even know who touches Boston right now. They're so fucking good. I can't believe and they got Patrice Bergeron for like nothing this year. Yeah. I think the Leafs are better than the Rangers. Um yeah, Toronto, Tampa, Boston. Um I'm not sure Carolina is better than them. I think the Rangers are even though they're not like leading the Metro, I think they're the best in the Metro. Um but yeah, when like when it comes to them versus the three top dogs in the Atlantic, I don't think it's even close. Yeah. I, the Atlantic's so good, man. It is so good. And looking at the, it's, it's funny even just to look at the difference between the three teams leading the divisions versus the wild card. And there's such a gap with those two wild card teams. I mean, Pittsburgh and Washington are just shadows of their former selves. Yeah. And also the Panthers do. Oh, the Panthers, like, which talk about a team that happened? fucked up. Well, they they yeah. fired the good coach and hired the bad coach. I mean, yeah, they got what fucking what's his name again? You know, Omar, I'm forgetting his guy incognito. Four, four eyes guy. I can't remember his name. Four but, eyes guy. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the nerd. Look at the nerd. <laughs> um, Let's see. Florida Panthers head coach is Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice, yeah. They got Paul Maurice behind the bench now, and then they traded Huberto and Uyghur for Kachuk, which, don't get me wrong, I love Kachuk. I wanted the Flyers to make that trade. But yeah, I mean, they went with Paul Maurice over Brunette, and is it Brunette? Brunette? I think Brunette. Who cares? He's Brunette? Yeah, I don't know. Get a new yeah. job at... But I mean, it's crazy because that trade really, if they could reverse it, they probably would at this point because both those guys haven't really, like, what's Kachuk's numbers like right now? I don't even know. Really good. Okay, He's so playing great. I don't know if the Panthers would necessarily reverse it, but I think the Flames certainly would. I mean, it. that's the thing. Like, both teams have ended up being kind of, like, not good this year. Yeah, but the Flames lost a lot more. I don't really... The Panthers, I th- I, yeah. I really think it's all coaching with the Panthers. I really do. It could be, yeah. And goaltending. Yeah, they're goaltending. Because Bob sucks. He's terrible. What a terrible, terrible contract. That's a shame. And everyone, it's another one of those situations where, like, as soon as the contract was given out, all of hockey Twitter unanimous. It was like, wow, that's fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I was like when Brisgalov like, signed with the Flyers. Like, everybody immediately knew, oh, it's not going to work out. Yeah. I wish, I think I said it last week. I just want to know. I just want to know what some of these hockey GMs think when they do these asinine moves. I just want to hear their actual reasoning. I don't want to yell at them. I just want to hear what goes through their mind and what stats they look at. To be a fly on the wall when the Flyers signed Andrew McDonald to that deal, right? 
Oh boy. To yeah. hear the debates going on, like, oh, how much you want to offer him? Oh, five million a year? Yeah, Hexy, I think that's a good idea. All right, Homer, I'll draw I'll draw it up. Like I wanna know who decided that figure. How god damn it. Oh, what a terrible deal. But yeah, these who decide who are the ad wizards that came up with this one? Uh, it's just all it's all bad. And you know, the Flyers are coming up to some pivotal contract decisions, and it brings us to a question we got from uh from one of the uh, from one of the great Twitter followers, and if you're wondering how this guy feels about Chuck Fletcher, his Twitter handle is basically "fuck Chuck Fletcher." So <laughs> it's FCK. Not a fan. <laughs> C Fletcher, but you know we all know what that means. And he had a question: If Chuck is here in the off season, how does he handle a heart extension? And on top of that, I saw a poll from ESPN of league execs and Hart came in as the number 10 goaltender in the league. So Hart, we all know he's been better than the Flyers defense and he's been pretty darn good this year. And he really does, maybe not to the degree Jalen Hurts looks like the quarterback of the future for the Philadelphia football Eagles, but he, he looks like a pretty legit goalie right now. And he's got, what did we determine? One more year of RFA status or one more year under his current contract. And then he is an RFA and you know, we don't know what Chuck Fletcher's status is going to be with this team moving forward yet. Is he gone as soon as the season ends in April? Is he around through the off season? Does he try to handle if he is? So the question is, if he's here in the off season, does he try to tackle an extension for Carter Hart before they even get to the RFA point? Or do they say, Chuck, no, you're not touching this. They need to take the keys from Chuck before he does anything this offseason. Mm. Like, like this cannot be a Minnesota Wilds, funny enough, because Chuck Fletcher. This cannot be a Minnesota Wilds situation where they, like, let Paul Fenton just go crazy. The lizard and then man. He just, then he just breaks everything. And then they're like, fuck, go back. And then they just fire him. But the damage is already done. Like, he already fucked up the whole roster. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, they can't let Chuck Fletcher do that. Because that's if they give him the chance this summer to make moves, he will. And they're all going to be bad. Right. And I, well, and I guess the question is, like, do you try to lock down Hart before that point? Or you just let it ride out until he gets to the RFA? Because, you know, it, it is RFA still, thankfully. So... You, you don't quite as much have as much like yeah. pressure as you do. If somebody's a UFA, like if he's a UFA, you really want to get that shit locked down now rather than get to that point. But RFA, you got some wiggle room. Yeah. And he's arbitration eligible. So that's a whole nother situation there. But like, yeah, like I feel like what they could do is get ahead of it and sign him to an extension. Cause like, I mean, the flyers have done that before. Um, but I feel like another, and granted, this is if the flyers opt to go like the whole rebuild route, which like, we all know that's not going to happen because they're too proud to do that. But we also know they should, they should. And so he will become a RFA in the summer of 2024. So not this coming summer, but the one after. And if they get a really good offer, because like, think about this. Let's pretend next season he's killing it at the trade deadline. But the team itself, the Flyers, are terrible again. If they're getting good calls for Hart, who's about to be, who will be in the final year of his contract before becoming an RFA, which means teams will still have 
Like he'll still teams will still have control of him. He could be a very popular um, trade ship that could bring back a ton of assets. But again, I don't feel like the Flyers are going to make a move like that simply because he is he is very good. They need star players, and at this point, I'm willing to say Carter Hart's a star goalie in the NHL. I would put him. I'd put him as like a top seven goalie i mean if you're looking at marketable players on the philadelphia flyers right like he's marketable he's easily one of the top five most marketable guys on yeah. this team like it's him right Travis connecting hopefully kevin hayes yeah i mean joel farabee Let's... maybe and certainly the flyers seem to think tda is i mean i wouldn't agree with that but the flyers certainly seem to think that let's hope carter hart doesn't have any involvement with that Hockey Canada situation. Yeah, and I haven't so, even then... wanted to comment on that because, like, I don't... That that seems like a bunch of weeds as far as, like, talking uh, about anything, really. But it's, it's a fucking terrible, awful situation, yeah. and I really... I, I don't know what's... Yeah. yeah. I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know if Hart was or was not involved. I have no clue. He was on the team. That's, that's all we know. He was on the team, so... Um, and he's denied like, any wrongdoing, but you know he's on the team, and we know that much. But I, I, yeah. I, I that is such a sickening, sickening situation, and I, I it don't is. even want to talk about it because because we don't know anything, and until we do, I don't really want to address it. So let's let's continue going on with life as if yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah, what I'm saying is like if he like next year, assuming he's still a marketable player and he's still playing well. A team could offer a lot of assets for him um, with him being in the last year of his contract and being on a pretty, pretty friendly deal for a very good goalie. So, yeah. Yeah. And, but you're right though about like the trade value because I, I think you really need to see what happens this off season because if Chuck Fletcher is there, he might try to lock something down now because Chuck Fletcher is never going to sell. He he's always going to be in win mode, and unless there's a drastic overhaul at the top, and I mean, who knows? Comcast Spectacor just got a new CEO, so he's apparently a big Flyers fan. Maybe he'll come in and say, "Get your shit together." I doubt it, but New Dork in town. Yeah, new, new Dork in town. That's a good good way to start the relationship right there. New Dork alert. Yeah. What's up, Dork? <laughs> hey, nerds. Let me tell you, I, I I would love more Dorks and nerds in the front office. That would be what? great. What's the guy's name again? I don't remember. Me neither. <laughs> There's no way to find Fire out, guys. Him. There's no way to find out this kind of information. Just none. Nobody cares. Fire him. He's a guy. He says he likes to fly. It's been two days. He wants to come he on the program. He's a fly purple fan. Hey, good on you. I, I doubt it, but hey, hopefully. I'm doing Fonzie hey. thumbs up right now. Hey. Yeah, I was going to say Fonzie. But uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is, if... I don't know if you do want to go into rebuild mode and let's say you've seen more out of the son of heirs, uh, Samuel Harrison, or I don't, if they ever find out what's going on with, uh, Fedotov overseas, like, you know, if you see some options for the future, I would prefer not to go around the goalie carousel because you always talk about positions in Philadelphia sports that are always lacking and, Flyers goaltender, Eagles quarterback are always thing, and we seem to have a solution to Eagles quarterback, and we seem to have a solution to Flyers goaltender, but the rest of the team is garbage, of course, and we have a seeming solution. Yeah, and that, that again, that's another thing. Like the Flyers have waited so long to find a goalie as good as Hart, and they finally got him. But like 
wouldn't that be so shitty if like they finally found their guy in net and it's just like, whoop, got to trade him. Like he's our only valuable asset, you know? That sounds like Flyers hockey to me. It does. <laughs> it really does. Truly, truly does. It makes me want to cry, Steve. It does make me want to cry. It makes me want to go into a dark room on a retreat to gather my thoughts for the next t- 10 days or so. Oh, baby. What a... That was a segue. That was a segue. That was good. I, I don't want to talk about this long, but... How about this fucking Aaron Rodgers dark room retreat? Like, what the fuck is this all about? He's a weirdo. He goes on the Joe Rogan podcast. I'm sure they did DMT together or some shit. Uh, He's on Pat McAfee, it feels like, daily. Oh, is he really? Uh, Constantly on Pat McAfee. I don't listen to Pat McAfee, but, like, every time I see a clip of Aaron Rodgers, it's like Pat McAfee with, like, a tank top behind, like a pile of shit on a desk going like, hell yeah. Is that how you feel? Aaron? Like all of a sudden he's just like this hippie guy. He well, and it's like, so, all right. He's been, ter- so, it's been a couple years in the process there, but yeah, he is, he has reached his, his true hippie form, but crazy paranoid, like hippie, not like fun loving, like let's explore love and psychedelics. Well, he is exploring the psychedelics angle. So he's dating this new girl um, named, this is, I mean, if you look her up on the internet, this is what comes up. Her name is Blue of Earth. It's a good name. And apparently she's like an actual witch. Like, like she has little like magical crystal stones that she keeps around. Wow. She like, yeah, fucking, she's one of those people. But she, she couldn't keep any receiving talent in the Green Bay area. She's not that magical. No. Couldn't keep Devontae Adams in town. Blue of Earth. I think she plays guitar. She has dreadlocks because, of course, she does. Of course. Um, she, uh, yeah, very odd. She's very into yoga and meditating and all that yippee kaye shit. Um, <laughs> yippee kaye, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's a bunch of photos of her wearing photos of her wearing like all this paint all over her body. As one and, does. As any normal person does. She's dressed as an elf in one photo. I mean, we've all been there. Yeah. So. <laughs> I just love... Totally normal girl. I just love this... Tw- you know, I shouldn't, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't talk shit. Like, that's what she's into. So good for her. But, like, also, I don't know. Seems a little weird. It, does, it seems a little odd. Seems a little off right there. So I, I really love this uh, tweet from, from Gilbert, though, on this the other day. Ryan Gilbert. Uh, friend, friend of the show, Ryan Gilbert, over here. But uh, he retweeted... Uh, my sports update who said Aaron Rodgers says on Pat McAfee show that he's going on a darkness retreat in a couple weeks. It's four days, complete darkness, just himself in a little house. I've had a number of friends who have done it and they had profound experiences. He expects a decision after that. And Gilbert had retweeted it and said, so when I go into a dark room for days on end, I'm depressed. But when Aaron Rodgers does it, it's a darkness retreat. Called a double standard. <laughs> It is absolutely it's a double bullshit. standard. It's bullshit. I just love this darkness retreat as a concept, though. Just like, yeah, I'm just going to sit in the dark for a bit because I'm a crazy, like, millionaire who can just do whatever the fuck I want. He's just, he didn't used to be like this. He used to be pretty mild-mannered, I thought. I, I, yeah. My dad was onto it, though. I've talked about this before. My dad always hated Aaron Rodgers, and I was I always wondering why. I'm like, he always seems like one of the more likable guys in football. And... Oh, he knew. He knew there was something lurking around deep, dark, in Aaron Rodgers. I mean, 
He's showing it now. And like him going like the whole thing with the vaccine and he's like, yep, I'm immunized. And then he admitted on, I think it was the Joe Rogan podcast. He basically admitted like, yeah, I knew what I was doing, but like, what the fuck, man? And it's just like, Aaron Rodgers, shut the fuck up and just get your fucking vaccine, you stupid. But you see, Gaia, stupid. Gaia will heal him. Oh, yeah, of course. He's he's dating um, uh, uh, Freya from God of War. <laughs> it's Freya. It's true. Do you think she's ever tried to kill him while he's in a sled being led by two wolves? I don't know. I bet she lives in a fucking turtle shell, though. I mean, let's be honest. Living in that turtle seems pretty dope. It does seem pretty cool. The turtle's That's awesome. Really I love room. the turtle. Yeah, that was a nice little roomy place, too. It was. It was. It looked pretty cozy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Looking back at more photos of Aaron Rodgers, like, from even, like, five, six years ago, it's like, what the hell happened? Dude? It is a wild ride to look at over the years. Like, we always love the, the Claude Giroux losing his smile over the years Flyers team photos. But, like, I kind of want to see that with Aaron Rodgers just going from, like, fresh-faced rookie to whatever the hell he is now. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Aaron. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Always a fucking weird time to talk about. And then finally, folks, we got to end this sucker. But I'm happy to report Ryan Quigley has finally fulfilled his end of the Eagles Colts bet where he thought the Eagles were going to shit the bed against the Indianapolis Colts. And they only mostly shit the bed. They didn't fully shit the bed. The bed did not have the actual turds in it, so Ryan quickly had to watch a movie of my choice, and I chose the Arnold Schwarzenegger Danny DeVito classic. Twins, Quiggs, let me ask you, is tonight your night, bro? <laughs> it is my night. Today tonight was the night. Tonight is your um, night, bro. My favorite my favorite part of the movie is when he's like fight it like so like he's fighting one of Danny DeVito's like enemies. And, which um, is oh, no, no, no. isn't that amazing like this is what got me is when i finally watched twins a couple years ago i was expecting just a, a quirky comedy about uh a tall muscular man and a stout fat balding man who happened to be brothers and it turns out there's a whole bunch of crazy shit that happens in this movie yeah no it's weird like one of the best lines is um I guess he's fighting one of Danny DeVito's like gangster enemies or whatever. And he like grabs like a crowbar or something and tries to hit Arnold with it. And Arnold like stops him and he's just like, you have no respect for logic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then he just like beats the shit out of him. Um, like on top of everything, was... like Arnold Schwarzenegger is a fucking genius who was raised on this Island in isolation, just reading yeah. constantly. Like yeah. it is an insane movie that could the size of his calves. Oh yeah. This is like on top of everything. It's peak Arnold. Like this is what like early nineties, late eighties, which of course this movie had to have been written on a pile of cocaine. Oh yes, of course. Yes. I mean, but I, I gotta say I did kind of tear up at the end when uh, they met the mom. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That that is the I, thing about I shed a, little tear. a good late eighties, early nineties movie is that somehow they managed to have crazy action with explosions. Every one of them. They managed to have heartwarming moments. 
ridiculous comedy and just like it's all over the place these things are just like these movies are bonkers it doesn't is the subplot involving missiles or something yeah yeah it's really really odd it's really odd it's not what you would expect out of a movie called twins oh my god yes it's i'm glad you got to experience this truly bizarre movie i mean just everything about it is delightful because it's so fucking weird yeah, and yeah, and then there's Arnold's obsession with that like rap song, Yakety Yak. <laughs> yes. He's singing it on the plane and people are like, yo, shut up. <laughs> oh Arnold. There there'll never be another Arnold Schwarzenegger, and that makes me sad. Yeah. Only one of a kind. Arnold for president. Mm, not gonna go with that one. I don't want the Simpsons time on. <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We don't want that, but tonight is your night, bro. Tonight is your night, bro. Oh, and then he, he they slid in a uh, I'll be back yes. line in there. Um, and then there was they had, like, a show movie poster for, like, Rambo. And he just, like, looked up at um, Sylvester Stallone and, like, scoffed <laughs> and, like, sneered. So and cheeky. Just, like, that rivalry between them in the 80s is so funny. Anyway, that's uh, just... The movies of that era were very cheeky in a weird way too. Yeah. 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 Well, good. I'm glad you finally fulfilled your end of the bet and watched twins. We'll have to do another bet resulting in pod content at some other juncture. Oh yes. Yes. Maybe we'll bet on the flyers winning a game. <laughs> Who knows what will yeah, actually that is as random a result as you're going to find. Yeah, it is. No. Yeah. I mean, that's true. It's You cannot predict the Flyers winning. So. You cannot. I would not try to. I would not recommend that. That's my gambling tip of the week, folks. Don't try to bet on Flyers games. Yeah. yeah. Stick to the Blackhawks and Blue Jackets games. Just, You'll probably do great if you just pick the team they're facing. I did bet on the Devils against the Blue Jackets last night and came out on top. There you go. There you go. Uh, barely though, that was a close game. Blue Jackets gave them hell. I didn't mean that as yeah. a famous pun. Oh, that was actually a good yeah, pun. Yeah, it was. That was well that done. Seems like maybe the occasion to end this right there. Good night and good hockey right there. If you're gonna end it, a hell pun for the devils is the way to do it. So folks, that's it. That's it. That's all there is. If you have any feedback for us, still somehow, despite the fact that it malfunctions more every day with its salty-ass owner, Elon Musk, at the helm. Twitter's still the best place to reach us. Twitter.com.org.edu.musk.ca.something. I'm running out of gas. Where can people find you on the Twitter and you got anything to plug? Nothing to plug. Find me at Ryan Quiggs with a Z. Oh, wow. All right. Ryan Quiggs with a Z. You can find me at Flyperbole or at Estebaum. If it's for hockey purposes, make it Flyperbole. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Flyperbole is on Instagram and TikTok. Doing something. Don't know what, but it's doing something. So you can find us there too. And folks, that's all we got. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow 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 whopper 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 oh no it's stuck